And plus, Oscar Isaac. Mm. Can't go wrong. He, I want to mm, get that man a smooch. He, he, he could duke my Atreides, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey! <laughs> He he could get inside my Lewin Davis. Yeah, he can. He can be a paca on your lips. He was Apocalypse oh, in the X Men movie. Oh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Apocalypse. Fucking. Oh, was it? Was it called Apocalypse? Dark Phoenix was the one after that that they let for whatever reason they let Brian Singer do the Dark Phoenix again after he hosed it so bad the first time. Boy, did he. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show mini episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. Also, freshly, it's comic book of the month club uh day so my name is reed and with me today we have sam and dave so So let's let's dive dive in in. (laughs) sorry reed was away from his mic for a split second so i took my chance i didn't die this is how he takes over the whole thing yeah just yeah to take (laughs) over i didn't know yeah you can never tell shit ain't live neither brother damn He's just waiting for me. I come down with. I, if I get a little sore throat, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be locked out of the accounts. Oh, you know how easy that can happen. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, you're out of here, baby. It's a little inside baseball. We're up to some mischief. You can tell we're still riding the high from Dennis to Menace. Oh, that fiendish little agent of chaos. He is, yeah, quite quite elemental. Um, you know what? I was thinking about editing the episode. He, the vibe that he was giving me has has kind of like the same energy as the Antichrist kid from Good Omens. Oh yeah, he was like spooky and things happened, but he wasn't like a bad natured kid. Yeah, he was just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I think the same could be said for uh, for Dennis. I think whenever he was cursed by a witch. Um, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Probably threw a football over her fence or something and mm. went to retrieve it. You get the... Like a big fish kind of thing. You do get the curse. You know, look on her crazy eye. Yeah. And and then not only do you know the time and, and way of your death, but you also do... Um, are, you are followed around by mishaps. Haunted. You, you know the time and place of other people's deaths as well because of... Yes. W- well... If you're causing them, if you're causing them, you do get to know the time and way of people's death. Hey, it's like your own little weird fortune telling. Yeah. The way was I pushed this button and yeah. absolutely slaughtered this lady. I, I accidentally closed Mr. Wilson's neck into his garage door opener. I accidentally shot an aspirin through the back of his neck. Whoopsie doodle. He can't breathe anymore. Like, there's no way that Mr. Wilson could survive, like, another couple of years of that, though, is there? I mean, he'll certainly have PTSD, shell shock, what have you. I don't know what the (laughs) correct term is, but, I mean, he's definitely being abused in a way that will have an indelible mark on his psyche. Well, you know, because for a while there, you're thinking that he's he's the butt of these karmic jokes. 
but it, it's immediately put away because it's not like he's mean to Dennis and then so bad things happen to him because after he decides, you know what? I love Dennis. Dennis is the cool, the coolest kid. Uh, we're going to be pals immediately, immediately a flame and mallow. Yeah, it just starts melting his, melting his flesh. <laughs> yeah, a flaming marshmallow on his face. But also like his... Uh, Mr. Wilson's wife was like gaslighting him. She's like, he's a good kid. He's just a, you're out of, you're out of line. Like, yeah, well, he literally tried to kill me with a slingshot in my bedroom. I'm glad you've come around to my way of thinking. Mr. Wilson's a normal guy. Well, no. no. Put under ab- abnormal circumstances. Abnormal circumstances. He's being haunted, basically. Maybe, but the choices he made after being haunted was a problem. Well, there's a lot of uh, thematically appropriate things that will be in the comic we're covering today, Kill or Be Killed, by Ed Brubaker, and illustrated by Sean Phillips. Uh, yeah, Sean Phillips. And uh, I we didn't b- mention otherwise, I don't know, to cut, mean to cut you off, but Elizabeth uh, Breitweiser on the colors. Oh, I did not see that. But yeah, the theme I'm talking about is ordinary gent placed under extraordinary circumstances in this particular high violent drama. Yeah, Killer or Be Killed uh, was released August 3rd, 2016. Uh, it was a 20-issue series that uh, they kind of just wanted to see how long it would go. Uh, but he was advised by one of his contemporaries. Um, Robert Kirkman. Yes, to write in an ending. They initially set out to make 50 issues, but ended up landing on 20. Four trades. We And we did the first section, the first five. I believe the first five comics, yes. The trade is on Hoopla. I ended up reading the whole thing. Dave read the whole series. He couldn't put it down. It is short enough to be easily read in less than an afternoon. Yeah, 20 issues goes down a a lot smoother than you might think if you... Mm -hmm. Far smoother than even one novel. Oh, definitely. Well, let's kick it off. It's the book club, baby. Nerd of Plexi Comic Book. club for comic books if this is your first kind of uh foray into you know comics we're all well seasoned you know comic readers here but it's a little bit different kind of medium the graphic novel because there's you know the graphic aspects of it and that tells a a large portion of the story addition to the actual story itself brubaker and phillips had a lot to do uh, with making the tone of both the story and the art kind of weird and claustrophobic. Philip said that he he chose to take out like the black borders where you just see the white and it kind of makes all the pages bleed together a little bit more mm-hmm. um, to make things seem a little bit more cluttered and chaotic. Right. And that is a cool style where they have like the the page itself. I mean, and they do it in a lot of comic books, but where the page itself is like its own frame and there's several frames over top of it that kind of frame that frame. That's mm-hmm. why comic book movies are so prevalent they're basically storyboarded just from the jump nobody has to work on getting the tone of what it is put down yeah or even like blocking the scene and, and all those things that it's kind of already done for you and i was a real big fan of that like the, the way that humans looked in this was just like a little off like they were a little too smooth and it was i i really liked the it was it was off-putting a little too smooth. There's sometimes a little too a little too smooth, a little too chunky. It would kind of the, the different the different shapes in the in the shadows and the outlines. And then when you get real close, they're real bumpy. Right in background versus foreground. Yeah, it's kind of like Ren and Stimpy. Whenever they zoom in on Ren and Stimpy, it's like there's yes. 
It's extremely graphically detailed. A little less grotesque than what Ren and Stimpy did, but uh This is a pretty violent one. Um and could could be could be shocking. You're not really expecting that, but they they give you a good taste of what you're about to be in for in that opening segment where uh it's a kind of a time jump it seems. Yeah, the story starts in Media Res. Yes, exactly. And just waste some dudes. It's just a really brutal scene, just wasting a bunch of guys with a shotgun. Oh, yeah, it was vicious. And they keep coming back to it going, oh, wait, not yet. Oh, the, one, something I really like about this comic, before we get too deep into the uh, the concept, as it were, is that a lot of the dialogue, is, it seems like it's got that Fight Club vibe where it's uh, like a half satire, half social commentary, half... It's too many halves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking it's yeah, a chimera. It's got three up halves. <laughs> um, that's one and a half. No, but yeah, it has that that kind of like a like a biting social commentary all over top of this completely insane concept. Mm-hmm. And as the story goes, uh, you'll you'll find yourself kind of feeling that insanity a little bit more as you get to the end of it. It certainly builds uh, a sense of unease. And I think that's a little bit of what everything is crazy. Everything is like off kilter and mm-hmm. bad. And that was kind of Brubaker's headspace from what he uh, said when he what inspired him kind of to make this story that you know the the whole world was fucked up and there was no justice anywhere um and so and you can really see it in the storytelling itself it's just a dark kind of really pessimistic tone it's kind of i haven't finished it but i did just uh recently watch the first like 20 minutes of uh joker mm-hmm. uh with uh joaquin joaquin my man and it's just really it was like really oppressive and i'm like man i'm not in a good headspace i can't i can't be watching this right now how to turn it off Mm -hmm. this this is a little bit dark but it is also um more propulsive because you you know you're kind of wondering okay what's going to happen next where are we going with this which i thought was kind of a theme i was so uneasy the whole time i was reading it in like a positive way i guess that i had to finish i had to know the resolution for this because i was just like how could this get any crazier? And as it kept building and building, it kept getting crazier and crazier. And then- yeah, and and in that craziness, it's interesting because you will still find yourself identifying with the main character and feeling like everything, even though the things he's doing could be perceived as terrible, um, you sort of get it. And you're like, yeah, I guess that's what I would do in that scenario if I were to be in that scenario. Okay, and I guess... Now, maybe a bad time to mention, but we are going to be spoiling this. So, so if you haven't read it, give this a pause and then come back. Uh, and let's uh, let's walk through the pl- uh, the plot briefly and just kind of touch on some points. You guys are making some good points uh, about things that are happening, but to give if you haven't listened and you you know don't care, here's what we're talking about. So Dylan is our main character. He's kind of going through it, having some rough times. He's been going through some rough times, and he decides that he's uh, he goes up to the roof of his building uh, and jumps off. And as he's falling, he regrets it instantly. Like this was a mistake. Uh, and as you do, I mean, a lot of suicide survivors will will say that it was kind of like a split second decision, and then you know most folks never have that thought ever again in, in a lot of circumstances. And I think this is. Mm-hmm. A, a great um well not a great but i think this is a really interesting take on that concept yeah he falls through those lines and stuff yeah he doesn't die as if by by divine providence dylan is spared but at what cost his broken wrist the end yeah it's a very <laughs> short story um but yeah i guess after that dylan really turns around 
so we're we come to understand that Dylan was saved by some sort of demon or demonic presence. Yeah, he has a, he has a vision or an interaction later. Mm-hmm. Yes, that he thinks he first he thinks he's lucky he was able to survive with barely a couple scratches. Then during his vision, there's a demonic presence that tells him you by not dying during your suicide attempt, you now owe this demon a life a month or else you'll die. And what that would mean is that he would have to go ahead and and kill people. But the demon sort of sugarcoats it in a way that is kind of nice where he says, I mean, just look around you. There are people that deserve it, you know, and there are people who, you know, he's not suggesting that he kills just anybody on the street to, to keep going, but he has to maintain some level of anonymity and he has to, uh, continually do this every month. So, uh, the first month kind of goes by and he just figures he was, you know, obviously seeing things, you know, whatever, head trauma, et cetera. And, uh, but he starts to get sicker as the month goes. Yeah. Un- until he decides finally like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill a fool. And then like basically immediately feels better. Right. Yes. And, and also where he's saying, you know, it's not, uh, well, yeah, that's the other thing. He's, he's getting sick and then he gets, be- he gets mugged by people that are saying, basically you have one more day and they're, it's, it's very specifically, um, worded to, to make you believe that that is that demonic presence that's beating him up and, and telling him that he has to figure this thing out or he's going to die. And, and, uh, but then once he resolves to actually do so, as Reed said, he uh, immediately starts to feel better. Uh, he has some cl- some clarity around it, and um, I think gets the planning. Yeah, he gets he gets the plotting and planning and figuring out who that might who that lucky unlucky individual might be. Yeah, and then yeah, he he that's that's kind of the you know the crux of the whole thing. He he does do a shoot. He he, he finds a target and does a shoot, and then the rest of the this volume is kind of him grappling with that and uh, looking you know grappling with this this whole process and this new life that he's he's found. Okay, so yeah, I want to get into the the relationship stuff too. Yes. Okay. So- I was going to say he lives with his friend Mason. Before going further, I want to ask you guys, to, to me right now, this is the only thing I've read, and it's given me big Jacob's Ladder vibes. It's not cut and dry at any point what exactly is happening. Right. What's real, what's not real, except that we know that it's all real to him. Yeah. Is there a world in which he falls off the thing, is spared, but breaks his arm, is in shock, goes to bed, wakes up, like has a nightmare, and goes, ah, my arm hurts very bad. So I don't know. I don't know. There's just enough ambiguity because in part of him choosing his next target, he has there's like some flashback scene involving his his father's art that they used to look through. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, it's like space. It's like sexy erotica, sci fi erotica art. Space demons. Oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's 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 amazing. It's great art. It's everything we're going to see whenever we do heavy metal. Yeah. That's true. Heavy Metal 2000. Yeah, Heavy Metal 2000. But but beautifully done. Like all of these images are just great. Um, you can just really feel Phillips like playing in the space in those uh, kind of almost photo real. Looked like pulp novels. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting because it's a it's a different style in a an art form that is in a different style. That, that's impressive, and again, that's another one of those things that might disjoint you from the, or maybe not disjoint you from the reality, but make you more into the into the reality of the scenario because it's like you're looking at something that you found at his house. And I would even say that the demon is a third art style, like the from the regular people, the art that you just brought up that he finds in his dad's attic. Mm-hmm. 
and the demon are all very unique looking things that have their own style don't quite fit together in a, in a good way in a way that like you're saying it makes it more immersive right and and um whenever he does find this art though it does bring back some uh, some memories and uh a flashback to t- speaking with his dad and then um basically you find out that his dad is horribly depressed he's going through something he's drinking a lot and then I, you do find out ultimately that his dad did kill himself mm-hmm. or so they think spoiler spoiler not a spoiler whatever by the very last frame you get to zoom in on his art and the demon that is following Dylan around is in his art so you get the idea that he was in the same situation or a similar situation where he was having to serve this demon ah or or is is it that dylan saw that and that has become his demon it's a very if you stopped right at this up this trade it's a very inception uh top spinning thing because i took it to mean that oh dylan saw this image and then is manifesting this his hallucinations are based on these old drawings that his that he used to look through. And I saw it through that more fantastical route that, okay, if if, if his dad drew it, then he saw that as well. And then maybe, you know, but yeah, it makes sense your way. And, and why I kept reading is the way I saw it was like the dad and the son had a shared psychosis, which could happen that, that he, that his dad saw this demon as like a hallucination. So he drew it. And now his hallucinations are looking like his dad's hallucinations because he saw what the picture was and that maybe he was already maybe schizophrenic or, or saw things that weren't there. And now it's just sort of manifesting with his dad's art. All right. Interesting. Well, let us know what you think at Nerdoplexy pod on Twitter or Nerdoplexy at gmail.com. Okay. So I guess the, the other big plot point is Dylan's relationship with his roommate and his best friend, Kira, who is also his roommate's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sort of a, uh, a burgeoning love triangle scenario where obviously that's the girl he wants to be with, but he's trying to respect that his... His friend or his friend and roommate is with the girl, um, but you find out pretty quick that that they're they're getting into some some business whenever the friend is not around. Yep, it gets a little closer than friends. Yes, indeed. Now here's here's my question: What was the timeline of that? Because did did all of their sneaky smooching that was that all started after the suicide attempt, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And the suicide attempt happened because his best friend, Kira, said that he felt sorry. She felt sorry for Dylan. Oh, no, 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 no. Because then it ha- it did happen before that, then, the smooching. The first the first smooch. Yeah, so I think the timeline is different. Secret smooches started, then he was feeling great, and then Buddy, you overheard her saying that she feels bad for him, and then that was it. That was the final straw. Falling and living gave him a new lease on life, and they continue that uh, that relationship further down. That tryst, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting you should mention timeline. Another thing I really like in this uh, comic is the, he's telling the story, so as a narrator, he'll he'll apologize and say, like, oh, I jumped ahead, you know, and then come back to the whatever is considered to be present day or, you know, back to the where the story began. Yeah, it's, it's a bit meta. Uh-huh. Is it, do I, am I ranting again? Yeah. Am I doing rants with all these? Right. What, what, what's this? That's what gave me that Fight Club vibe, that that uh, broken fourth wall thing, you know? Almost, it, it almost broke the fourth wall as much as Deadpool does and it, but it it really like walked the line a little closer to airing on like gritty rather than madcap which is more like what Deadpool does now anyway well, that's the it leads to the bleeding off the page and the breaking mm-hmm. through the, out of the frames and things like that 
and we mentioned that it's it's a a story that that uh, deals heavily in vigilante justice. But what makes it different from say a Frank Castle uh, is Frank Castle was getting revenge specifically. There's something like that that's fueling the the vigilantism, and in this one, it's just an ordinary guy, seemingly ordinary, semi depressed grad student. So it's like an a more of like an everyman as opposed to like a a cop who had his family killed by the mob, and you know. So this is more less less of a fantastical start to the story and more of a it's like realistically grounded vigilante yeah, yeah real gra- some real grassroots stuff right there but a few serotonin go we so it's it's kind of it's more scary that way it's it, it, he feels like a real person who starts to see demons which is like it, it it's more it made me a more uneasy it's got to be low on low on your list of things you want to do yeah I, I i don't want that personally i mean if you have to have visions there's like a million others that you'd prefer and then then demons so you know dylan's got lots of issues 20 mm. get the fuck out of here <laughs> oh because of the issues yeah yeah okay he's not a very good communicator no he is not Neither to to his mom or to his 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 best bud. He he's always shrugging things off. He's never letting it go. Kira's got her own uh, particular traumas as well. So I mean that's kind of I feel like that's kind of the reason why they've bonded together as as children and and were friends. But it's also um you know I don't know. It seems like it's not making for <laughs> a great combo. It's like you know two magnets you know uh, um stick together. a little bit too close. Oh, to head yeah. If they turn the other way. Or the other way, yeah, you know, they're but they're both the same the same type. I don't know. I'm I'm very interested. Can you insert the insane clown posse magnets? Line? How do they work? How do they work? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where this one goes. Now, Sam, have you read ahead of this, or or is this all? Of- I read them all, but it was years ago, and my brain is like a really bad sponge. <laughs> so I'll probably end up reading it again. I, in fact, I read the first volume before this episode, and there's still like a lot of things that I'm, I have to piece together in my brain and try to remember. The, the problem is, I'm such like a what I consider to be a consumer um, of of media that it's like impossible to retain any of it. I try to watch through as fast and you know whatever as possible so that I have it, I have seen it, and it's behind me. And then as soon as it gets behind me, I start to lose a lot of detail yeah well your brain can only hold so much with comics and things like that so many of them are similar and also you know different that it's it's really hard to uh to to hold anything but kind of a for me at least i'm like oh yeah that it's kind of like it it does kind of one of these it's all like tropey uh okay well we know for a fact that uh dave wanted to uh read on and so he's uh he 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 has read on um and i think honestly i think maybe that that'll be one of our touch points uh after we do these because we are going to try to pick um trades or like volumes or Mm -hmm. at least like the first few in a series um but i think i will also um read on to see where this story goes it's 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 pretty interesting um it being only um there only being three more trades makes this um uh, seems like it's a little bit easier to swallow i'll i'll read through one of these a week or so that's really the way to do it um cuz these are all heavy and i read it all at once and i was just just like bogged <laughs> down by it for a while this is a uh, semi out of sequence but you had mentioned how cool it was that they switched the art style up to look at Dylan's dad's art mm-hmm. and i'm just flipping through here and reminded of 
another time whenever Dylan's trying to find his first mark and he's looking for him on some facsimile of Facebook and it zooms in on the image of the guy and when it does, it's pixelated. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's like a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. The covers look really visceral. So that uh, for the the originals, a really cool art style. Um, I wonder if the Phillips did the covers too. Okay, well, critically, this one went really well. People seem to like it overall. Although there was some kind of clapback because I guess. Uh, they announced this at a, a Comic-Con or something like that, and kind of like the tag for it was, Kill or Be Killed is going to be like nothing that you've ever seen us uh, do before. And then it came out, and the critics were like, well, this is good, but it's also like kind of looks like the stuff you've done before. <laughs> yeah, the the art is very similar to, to a lot of Sean Phillips stuff he's done. He's Sean Phillips. You get what you get. If you yeah. want Gindy, Tartakovsky, they're going to look like wide-eyed, big-headed weirdos yeah i think it was more to do with his uh their 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 hype and it was just kind of like oh this is just this just more good stuff okay cool um the reviews were good nine out of ten on comic book roundup so we are doing a review and um there's not a whole lot of characters here but um let's do more of a consensory consensory a consensus based who's your hero who's your villain strictly consensual Do you guys have any uh, nominees for hero or uh, for? Let's start with hero. Nominees for hero. I love Rex. Uh, Rex, uh, he's just a a really cool drug dealer, and it's something that like you don't you don't oh, see the, a lot. Oh, the, yeah. the old Rex is a really cool. He's drug just like dealer. a really cool he's... dude who gives him like Xanax, and it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty chill. He and, yeah. Uh, Dylan asks for harder drugs. He goes. No thanks. So I'm not going to put you on that too. You're going to take this. It's like almost like he's a pseudo doctor and I, who actually cares about the people he's selling to. And I, I thought that was really neat to see. It's good for <laughs> business. Yeah, well, you you want to get repeat business. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a pretty good villain. I don't know. Um, I I would like to nominate that weird demon. I like his speech bubble. I like his text. Yeah, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> he's his, my boy. His, his font is different. He's got a. He's got an upfront kind of real teethy look. I don't think there's anybody who could be the villain other than uh, the is or is not demon. Right. Yeah. Well, he does kill a couple of bad guys, but um, they're not really villains per se. I mean, they're villains. I mean, I mean, make no mistake, but they're not like they're not like antagonists. Right. They're they're just victims of, of Dylan's victims, I should say. Um, certainly aggressors. Uh, and I I believe that's uh, from kind of the front little prologue there that's where the rest is going to go it seems like dylan moves on to taking on organized crime oh yeah he he steps in it he kills the the bouncer or the driver and then he thinks these these women are being uh, um trafficked and then they they all come out of the bus and beat the <laughs> shit out of him yeah he stepped in it a little bit i don't think that that was what he intended to occur he thought he was saving some people and but maybe the demon pushed him that way to, to push him toward the organized crime yes that's also possible it makes it easier to get Bef- one kill a month. And I was curious about that. And I, because I haven't read all of them in a long time, di- can he like do 10 in a month and that's good for 10 months? I won't answer that. Okay. I'm guessing you're going to need one per. Like, I don't think you can store them up. You probably, if you kill 10 guys in one month, I think you, next month, I'm guessing you're just going to have to kill one guy anyhow. There is an answer to that question. That's a shame. I would just kill 90 people right away. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're, good, you're good for a while. <laughs> that's the easiest thing, right? <laughs> That sounds really bad. 
Well, I, I'll tell you what. After reading this, I was really interested. All that uh, shotgun work. I, I think I want to go back and revisit Leon the Professional. Gary Oldman, that very first mm-hmm. scene where he's he, he's doing some murders, uh, reminded me very kind of strongly of that uh, and hallway fight with a shotgun kind of stuff. But overall, I think we all we all pretty much liked it. Oh yeah, I'm so easy to please when it comes to uh, graphic novels. If I read the whole thing, I probably really, really, really liked it. Uh, if I, I don't know, it, it's I, maybe it's just because I want to like things. There are very few comics that have turned me off, and um, but this is no exception to the regular, the normal role. And I, I, I would, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's such a quick bite whenever you can just do a trade at a time. Uh, you know, I think it's a great, uh, a great, a great format, and uh, especially in the digital age where you don't have to have a big bulky uh, comic or anything like that. You just pull it right up on your phone. That wraps up. Uh, killer be killed thank you for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe let us know what you'd like us to cover on the next uh, comic book of the month club hope you read along and uh, hope you like the new segment uh, special thanks to uh, Jake M for suggesting that also very special thanks to Steve and Megan. Very cool guys. Keep up the good work. Also, very special thank you to our social media manager, Dave. Howdy. Yeah, hit me up at NerdFlexiPod. Let me know if you like this trade. Let me know if you have a, an author you want us to, to take a look at. Uh, let me know if you have weird shit to say about comic books in general. I would love to read it. Uh, you can also hit me up at The Face of Dave. Also, we're on... Um... TikTok. We're on TikTok and Instagram now. Yes. Uh, both at Nerdaplexy. Get your follows. If you want to watch, I got a couple clips I put up there. Pretty nice, if I may say so myself. Uh, there's a short summary of what we do on the podcast. There's a, a clip from one of the the first episodes me and Reed ever recorded in 2016, I want to say. Oh, yes. And uh, then there's a, there's a clip from one of these here mini episodes. We learned I was a psychic. Yeah, but you're like the bad kind of psychic. We're also on we're also on Vine and Tumblr and... Uh, Friendster. And anywhere else. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Friendster. The and, Tumblr's still up. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> we're on MySpace. Send, yeah, we're on MySpace. Send your slash fiction. <laughs> send in your slash fiction. We'll put it up. Yeah. Nerdaplexy slash fiction. So, send it uh, our give way. Give me your best homegrown Simpson stuff. <laughs> said that our way and until next time we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder Uh, parody porner drill or be drilled Hey, this episode is is coming straight to Jake. That's that is the kind of thing you you get with a nerdaplexy. This is really like handcrafted artisan, very extremely personal podcasting. Artisanal podcasting, I dig it.